Welcome back to another Buckeye Talk. We're back after a two-week break, and we're back with basketball because we had news. And news that I don't think anybody was expecting. As you know by now, Thad Mata has been fired. And to be clear, right, just like we were sort of debating this in our McDonald's office, <laughs> like we're using the word fired. Gene Smith and Thad Mata were at this news conference on Monday to announce that Thad Mata is no longer the coach. And only one of them was crying. And when the coach is crying, it's because it wasn't his call. Right. So they, they didn't want to use the word fired, but but if you ask Thad Mata, it's totally up to you. Do you still want to be Ohio State's coach? What would his answer be? Yes. I think it would be yes. <laughs> All right. And he's not the coach anymore, so they let him go. So and there's a buyout. And, and he's getting paid 9 or $10 million over the next three years because that's what's on his contract. And so that's the kind of thing that happens when you get fired. Um, Doug Lee Maurice with Bill Landis and Ari Wasserman from Cleveland.com or your Ohio State coverage team. Read us at cleveland.com slash OSU. Bunch of Thad uh, Mata stuff up there. Going to have more coming um, this week as we sort of um, look back on Mata's 13-year tenure. Obviously, Bill Landis is going to be all over this coaching search, so we'll get into that today. How this came to be, why it came to be, and who's going to come. Who is going to be the next coach of Ohio State basketball? Um, and so there's a lot to get into. I think we'll go for a while. We're still going to give you our normal football podcast, um, but this is the emergency basketball podcast. So I think I think we're let's get the candidates fairly quickly because that's what people want to want to know about, um, and then we can double back on some other things. But but first, I do want to get into the timing of this. Why this happened now? We're three months removed from the end of the season. There's not an NCAA issue. There was not a, a change in Thad Mata's health status. Gene Smith, this was basically Thad Mata fired for losing the offseason. He was not fired for going 17 and 15. Because if he was fired for going 17 and 15, he would have been fired when they didn't make the postseason and stayed home, didn't even go to the NIT. And Gene Smith gave Thad Mata a vote of confidence then. And now here we are, and all that's happened is one kid decommitted. The best player in Ohio decommitted. Jaquan Lyle transferred. One of the best players on their team transferred. They didn't add, And they didn't add any grad transfers or anybody else, anybody else they were after in this recruiting cycle. So um, what do we think? I know some people already on Twitter are very critical of this, but what do you guys think of the timing of this has Ohio State has Gene Smith have they botched this by doing this at this time or does this timing make sense and Ohio State will be fine in getting its next coach and the timing will not be an issue the timing is not great obviously Depends on what you wanted. Like, if you wanted Archie Miller, then they've already botched it because he went to Indiana and he's not going to leave after being there for two months. But all of the big-name candidates you would assume would be involved in the coaching search for Ohio State are, in reality, still attainable. Like, some of them have signed contract extensions. All of them are under contract at their respective schools slash NBA teams, if you're thinking pie in the sky. Um, It could be better, obviously. You want to start a coaching search in April and not in June. But does it, I don't think anyone that they could have hired in April, with the exception of Archie Miller, is now off the table because this happened, was it June 5th? Um, so, not great. I don't, at least right now, I'm not ready to say they botched it until I see how, how they come out of it. But I still think they're in a pretty good spot to land the coach that they want um, out of the situation with this timing. Listen, here's the way I look at it. We just got done saying... Ohio State fires Thad Mata now because he botched, or excuse me, because he lost the offseason. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Then how do you botch the firing? The firing is a result of things that happened after the point that they would have needed. The f- it's not like if we believe that the offseason and the things that happened with the decommitments and the recruiting issues and losing Jaquan were the reason that he was let go then it was a reaction to things that happened after the point that would have been satisfactory. So you don't right. botch something. It's not like there was a decision made two months later. There was a decision made when things happened that resulted in that decision. But should it, should Gene have seen it coming? Should Gene have evaluated yeah. the 17 and 15 and said, this is a program on a downslide. Let's do it now. 
I think that there is some truth to that because the fact of the matter is, is when all these things happened, was anybody surprised by any of it? I was surprised. I mean, yeah, I was. I was surprised. I didn't. I didn't wake up this morning thinking that modest. No, I'm talking about the things that happened to make him lose the offseason. Off season? No, because I think Doug was. You were saying no. should Gene have seen some of these things well, potentially maybe coming? Jaquan Lyle leaving was a surprise. I think um, not landing a marquee recruiting guy late, not landing the two biggest or not the biggest name on the graduate transfer trail was not surprising. Not landing anyone on the graduate transfer trail was not surprising. Um, so no, no, I don't. And, the, and maybe I guess, that's maybe making the point because if no, it's not surprising, it then he should have seen it coming. But the fact is, is that there's one candidate that seemed to be the up and away candidate that everybody would have just assumed was the guy, and that's Archie Miller. He's no longer on the table. But as far as the recruiting cycle goes, and you're the basketball recruiting guru, Bill, and Thad mentioned it himself during the press conference. But the July period is a pretty big period, right? Yeah, like they're not dead in the water with the 2018 recruiting class. They have two commitments, two in Ohio, Dane Goodwin and Justin Aarons, who are obviously going to have to do some reevaluating. But for all we know at the moment, they are still committed. And the guys they were still targeting for 2018, like they're all still attainable. So, I mean, you have to hire a coach like quickly and probably have them in place by that July evaluation period. But it's not like they're, they can still put together a good 2018 recruiting class depending on who they are. Yeah, my only point is, is that the word botched, I don't know if I think that you could botch something that hadn't happened yet. I mean, so, it can be botched if, if we're sitting here in July and the Ohio State basketball coach is someone we didn't think it would be, and the 10 most obvious names all turned it down because they weren't ready to leave their program and as soon as off-season workouts were starting, then that's botched. Especially but if you no think that getting into the off-season, or getting one more season with Thad might allow you to be in better position next year. Sometimes you just sacrifice a season to put yourself long-term probably in the right spot. But as far as now or in February or after the season was over, February is not the month, but, you know, April, I don't know if there's a huge, huge difference if they can get their guy. So it, it really sounded like to me that, and Bill, you would know this, is it the next two recruiting classes in Ohio are pretty good, 18 and 19? 18 and 19 are good, yeah. So <clears throat> Gene Smith seemed to indicate that what unfolded in the last couple months led him to question um, Ohio State's ability to recruit with Thad Mata, and he was concerned about losing out on these two good Ohio classes. So if, if he changed his mind on that, if he thought, you know what, I mean, you know, we all knew that they needed to recruit better. They needed to get a couple guys, right? Um if Gene changed his – if something changed his mind on that in the last couple of months, I guess that does make sense then, right? That you you don't want to give up because this happens to everybody. And this is why it's so hard. Ugh, I feel like I can't articulate what I'm trying to say. It's a weird business because perception becomes reality. Because if people think you're going to get fired – and the reason people think you're going to get fired is two things. A, they just look at the facts. You're not winning as much, whatever. And then B is like guys like us, right? Hey, he might get fired, right? You reach a point where people thinking you're going to get fired increases the likelihood of you getting fired. Yeah. Because them thinking you'll get fired, whether it's true or not, leads them to not consider you. Or you get negatively recruited against, and then they say, well, what the hell? We may as well fire you because we're – I feel like that's what they got caught up here in. And I would have given Thad one more year. I thought he earned it with what he's done in his first 13 years. I think this timing is odd. I don't think it crushes them. I think they'll get a good coach. I'm sure Gene has a couple guys in mind right now. You don't make a move like this without having a couple guys in mind. And we see this happen all the time, right? Like Illinois fired um, its football coach, and it was like at a weird time, right? It was like, what are they doing? And I hired Lovey Smith. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, Illinois just hired an NFL guy. That's pretty good. Now, whether Lovey Smith is going to be the answer or not. But anyway, they had a guy in mind, right? Um, but I feel like he just got caught in a cycle of perception. And if I were Ohio State, I would have tried to fight through that cycle and give him one more year to try to get it turned around. Because do you do you think Thad Mata was definitely going to get fired after this coming season? 
Or do you think he had any chance with this team, with Lyle now gone, nine scholarship players, was there any chance that he could have been good enough to keep his job? Or do you think, man, like it was just delaying the inevitable? I don't know. I didn't think – I picked him to finish 10th with – and I did that thinking Jaquan Lyle and Trevor Thompson were still going to be on the team. So, no, I don't think they were – I don't think they're going to be very good next year. I I think – You think – and then he would have been fired. fired. They would have been fired. Yeah. Um, And I – there's something I just wanted to add to what Doug was saying about the perception and how that can lead. There was a lot of – to me in this press conference, you know, the three of us were there. I think there was a lot of we can't get it done on the recruiting trail. I thought that that was the whole thing. And Thad himself said that they were facing some battles this spring – that they could not overcome. And I just wanted to mention that because that is directly what I believe you were talking about, Doug, right? Health yeah. probably was part of it, but the idea of this guy is going to be fired, he's not in a pretty good situation long term. And when you get to that point where people think you're going to get fired, the direct translation is Ohio State cannot win recruiting battles that they otherwise might have been able to win, and there's nothing that they can do to overcome that. Is that what you were saying? Yeah, yeah. I just wanted them yes, to drive yes. the point home that it's everyone thinking you're going to get fired leads to you not being able to recruit, which leads to you getting fired. Yes, and, and that was the whole theme of the entire was. press conference. And it, and, it, and it makes the early signing period in basketball, I think, kind of forces your hand a little bit because you can make the change now and still salvage a lot of the 2018 recruiting class. If you fired Thad Mata in April when 75, maybe even more, 90% of the class has already signed in November, there's not many players left to sign, and you're also in jeopardy of losing whoever you happen to have signed at that point. Like, you were, in essence, showing you were willing to sacrifice your entire 2018 recruiting class if you were going to stick with Thad Mata for one more year that I think many people thought was going to be a lame duck year. Right. Um, and if it's going to be a lame duck year, why not use that year to transition? I think might be the thought process too. Yeah, that's probably. I mean, I would agree that that's a better use of the season than just sort of going through the motions with a guy you know is not going to be here. Because it's not like he had the roster. He didn't that's, have the roster. Have the roster to do the roster. it. It wasn't. There was nothing coming down the pike that you thought was going to change. Right. To so, but but it's funny to think about. I mean, a lot of dominoes fell this off season. To be honest, a lot of dominoes have fallen since they finished their season, their 17 and 15 season with a loss to Rutgers in the Big Ten tournament. So, what if, how many things would have had to go differently in the offseason for Thad Mata to have avoided this day? So, let's say, so Trevor Thompson left to go pro. He's not going to be in the NBA. We know that. But say Trevor Thompson had stayed at Ohio State, would that have been enough to keep his job? No. Let's say Jaquan Lyle did not leave the team the way he did. Would that have been enough for Thad Mata to keep his job? Maybe. Let's say Mark Smith, Mr. Basketball in Illinois, who was certainly on Ohio State's radar. Ohio State seemed on him early. They seemed like an early leader, and then Michigan State got involved, and Illinois wound up keeping him home. If Mark Smith had committed to Ohio State and would have been expected to be one of their best players next year, would Thad Mata have kept his job? Yes. I I agree, yes, on that. If this other – who's this other five-star bill that just committed to Florida State? MJ Walker uh, from it, Georgia, who they've been on a long time as well, and were at one point like kind of a leader. Like, the day he committed, no one knew what he was going to do. It was so weird. And um, a lot of people were talking like in the minutes leading up to his decision that like I'm hearing a lot of late Ohio State chatter. And like I didn't – I don't think it was BS. I think it was like he did a good job of keeping his recruitment on the wraps – and Ohio State made a pretty good late pitch for him. They just didn't get him. And that would have been a, a kid who's going to be the freshman this year? Or that's an 18 kid? No, he would have been a freshman this year. And he was like four-star, five-star, depending on the service. But like he would have been – he was a top 25 prospect. He would have been the best player they've got since De- so, uh, D'Angelo Russell. So if they had gotten him, would Thad Mata still have his job? Yeah, for sure. If they had gotten one of the graduate transfers that they were in the mix for, whether it was a Cameron Johnson, Cameron Johnson. or somebody else – is there a graduate transfer out there that could have helped Thad Mata keep his job? Maybe Johnson, because they were competing for like against like UNC and Kentucky and Duke for him. Where'd he go? Um, I don't think he he wants to go to UNC. He's caught up in something where like Pitt okay. won't release him. At least that's what it was last oh, okay. week. But uh, 
if they would have gotten him, maybe. Otherwise, maybe not. There wasn't really another uh, flashy grad transfer okay. out there. So with everything we just said, let's go back and reevaluate the question we had asked before. So that given that none of those things went Ohio State's way, none of those things went Thad Mata's way, everything that could go wrong did go wrong. I guess the only thing maybe that worked out was that Cam Williams decided to come back when he did have a flirtation with going pro and, and maybe that seemed like for a second that maybe he was going to leave too. Um, does that make sense? Does that make sense that Thad Mata is one four-star recruit away from still being employed today? I mean, like, it's only there's only 13 scholarship guys on the roster, and they only have nine scholarship guys at the moment. So is that, hey, we, we added one more four-star kid that we got in late, this kid who was on the border between Florida State and Ohio State. He, at the last minute, decided Ohio State. Now we have 10 scholarship guys. He's going to be really good for us. Does that make sense that one decision like that could have saved Thad Mata? I kind of think that like the entire Thad Mata era, especially in the beginning, he perpetually always had a glimmer of hope or something new or different that could happen the following year. There was always another recruit. There was always another season. There was always a returning player. And I think ever since, and D'Angelo Russell was the last future glimmer of hope, I think. Yeah, so the right. idea of potentially getting somebody who was ranked similarly to D'Angelo, right? Well, the fi- I would say the 15 class was. That five-man yeah, class yeah, yeah. in the country, they called him Fat Five. Like People thought that was going to be a program-defining class, and they're all gone now. Also, we forgot to mention Basley decommitting, right? We, yeah, we didn't mention him by name, but you talked... Okay. Uh, I, but I don't oh, know. You mentioned him, yeah, the best kid in Ohio. But I don't right? know, like if the question, if if he had not decommitted, would that still have his job? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Pro- he probably would still have his job because that's Baisley is like a top fifty prospect. He's the best player in Ohio. You would have had three of the best players in Ohio committed for twenty eighteen, and that's a little bit of a glimmer of hope in, in my mind that something that you can at least point to to say like, look, it's it's getting better. This year might be another rough one, but wait till we. But get the only point that I was trying to make was that. In basketball, if you have one elite level prospect, that can be that changer. can be the game changer. Yeah. And I think that if he were to have one of those guys, that's something that you could concretely say, "Hey, look, this guy's here. We didn't have him last year. We can build something around him. We can improve, and we can show, hey, Ohio State's on the upswing again." Yeah. And I think that more so than any of the things that you mentioned, whether it was uh, Jaquan Lyle or Trevor Thompson or Cam Williams, anybody that was a part of last year's team, I don't think would have been the thing that cost him his job. I think the idea that there was no next step, it was coming off of that loss to Rutgers, coming off a 17-15 and 15 season, going into next year with no recruit that can change the culture, and two guys down that were important to your team last year means, and what are we, what are, what are we to expect for next year? And I think that's the biggest issue, and, and based, all three of us were in the room, you, you heard it, it was all recruiting to me. Yeah. So, <clears throat> alright, so I want to get into this, I should write this down. Should be more prepared. I have like nine things I want to get to. <laughs> Remind me to say the thing about that Ohio State's not entitled to winning in basketball. Remind okay. me to say that later. Because I want to address something. I'm going to probably write something about this. Because I feel like it needs to be – it's very difficult to talk about. But it's the elephant in the room as we're talking about recruiting here. So we're going to talk about it. Thad Mata never got in trouble with the NCAA no. in 13 years here. He took over because the coach ahead of him was fired for pulling money out of a drawer and giving it to a player. And we, everyone knows what the deal is in college basketball recruiting in terms of it being a dirty business. And nobody ever can or will talk about specifics because it's all hearsay and it can't be proven up until the point where something, where a bag of money explodes in the mail and then it can be proven, right? There have been times over the years here at Ohio State where you would hear things and it wasn't anything that you could write. It wasn't anything that you could prove. But you got an idea over time that Ohio State lost out on recruits sometimes because Ohio State didn't cheat. Now, 
I'm not saying Ohio State never cheated. And I'm not saying Ohio State did cheat because I don't know. My guess is that whatever they did wrong, if they did anything wrong, they did less wrong than many other places. Okay? We're in a world where the guy who is the most successful coach at the preeminent college basketball power in America that everybody points to and wants to emulate is a known cheater. He cheated at his previous two schools. No doubt about it. They vacated stuff. Mm -hmm. And we're talking about John Calipari at Kentucky, and I didn't even have to say his name because you know who I'm talking about. So we are now talking about a situation where, again, I can't prove anything, but I can tell you what I've heard over the years more than once. And it's things about Ohio State thinking it was in really good position with a kid, a big-time recruit here, a big-time recruit there, and then Ohio State not ending up with that player. And Ohio State at times feeling like one of the reasons it didn't end up with some players is because other schools did things that Ohio State didn't do, things that broke rules. So here we sit today, and Thad Mata has been fired, and you guys just laid out that he's been fired not for going 17 and 15. He was fired not because five recruits out of five in a recruiting class left. He was not fired because Kata Bates-Diop got hurt and potentially their best player missed basically all of last year. He got fired because Gene Smith has lost faith in, Ohio- in Thad Mata's ability to, to recruit at the level necessary for Ohio State to win. Is that fair? Should Thad Mata have cheated more? I think there is. And would he have his job today if he did cheat more? I don't know if you guys took some of the things that he said at his press conference today the way I took them. But I thought that his opening statement, Thad's opening statement, when he said the one thing I want to be remembered for was that everything that I did at Ohio State, I did the right way, was the first of multiple allusions to not cheating today. I don't know if you took it that way, but he was even asked specifically, I believe, by Adam Jardy at the Columbus Dispatch about whether recruiting has evolved or changed and and what his take is on it. And he said, pretty bluntly, it beats you up. And I don't think he was talking about going to high schools and recruiting kids. I think he was talking about the underworld that Doug alluded to. So I think that that is a major thing that Thad resents, says that he resents, and for it to be something that I thought was brought up, if not on the surface, sub what is that word? Under the surface. There's subsurface isn't a word. I wish it, sh- it should be. That'd be a good sub shop. I was just thinking that. (laughs) Subservice. Subsurface. 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 But he... he Let's patent that. Before (laughs) Before Zeke Elliott's dad's lessons. (laughs) (laughs) But I I think that that was a major thing, and I felt like he alluded to it a few times, and I just wanted to mention that. No, like he's... I mean, if he's going down, he's going to go down reminding you that, in his mind, he did it the right way, whatever that means. No one's perfect. Um... Should he have cheated more? I don't know. Probably not. Um, it's a thing, too, but that... Do you think he would have kept the job? If he yeah, didn't? probably, but you also can't... Like, if we're going down this road and we're talking about the, the ugly underbelly of recruiting, you can't do that, and this isn't to be accusatory of anything. It's just... you. I don't think you can operate that way if there is another program at your athletic or at your academic institution that is more important than your program. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> if you get what I'm saying. I think Gene Smith would sacrifice every single basketball season for the rest of you Urban Meyer's tenure you can't to make be sure putting, nothing. Yeah, you can't be like uh, the men's tennis team putting the athletic department in a bad situation when you have a $150 million football machine churning out the money. like you, so. And frankly, at Ohio State, everything that's not football is the men's tennis team, right. basically. Right, yeah. right. To I a mean, certain extent, yeah. yeah. No offense to anybody, but that's just, I mean, that's the world we live in. So, if he wanted to play a little more dirty and, and would have gotten some of the recruits they missed out on, then yeah, he'd probably still be the coach, but I don't, 
think that's a world Ohio State can live in. Unless he was not the coach because he got fired for cheating. And I don't know if we're not paying these kids enough is a satisfactory thing to have during the up and up, where are we right now in Ohio State basketball conversations that Thad and Gene had every week. If there was an explanation of why didn't you get this kid and Thad said, well, they paid him and we couldn't, then I don't know what that would be like. It's more than that. Like, it's not like... They've also missed out on plenty of kids where the, the things we're talking about were not an issue. Right. Yeah. At least to our to our knowledge. And it's... Listen, it, it's very hard to talk about this because it sounds like an excuse. It's the easiest excuse to make in the world. It's what... It's, I mean, it's what a, it's what a kid yeah, would say in, yeah. in, in fourth grade what Bill says when because you've got an, a C on your math. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Or he uses a cheat code. You're looking at my plays. <laughs> you know... The kid next to you got an A and you got a C and all the kid cheated. I mean, it's the easiest excuse to make. And that's why it's so hard to talk about. But we all, but on, so that's one hand, right? Mm-hmm. You can't use it as an excuse. But on the other hand, cheating is everywhere in college basketball. So there are two opposite realities and you, you just have to be aware of them. And so I think. I have at least four instances in my head of things I've heard over the years about specific players that sure as heck would have helped Ohio State that did not wind up here. And there was a big one. There, I mean, it's like we don't want to go... No, we're not going to get specifically, but, but there, were, uh, there were times, in my opinion, where these situations were parallel with people that could have changed the program. And... It hurt Ohio State the most when they were playing the national recruiting game. And Gene Smith even referenced this today about how Ohio State had lately been getting back to recruiting Ohio more and having more roots in Ohio and and not recruiting nationally as much. And we had said that's something that Thad Mata absolutely had to do. It absolutely hurt them when they went to national and lost Ohio kids. And that's, that's where they started losing out losing that game a little bit um, because when you're playing at that level in the recruiting game, you run into that more. Um, so I just, I, I, I wanted to bring it out because it needs to be talked about in a situation like this where a guy's losing his job. Um, it matters that he is able to say that he felt like Ohio state did it the right way while he was here. Um, and I think it's a I think it's a part of his legacy for sure. Um, but he also found a way to recruit Mike Conley and Greg Oden and Evan Turner and Jared Sullinger and D'Angelo Russell and a lot of incredible players. Um, and there have been fewer incredible players the last couple of years. So um, he did it really well for a really long time, and, and clearly he wasn't doing it as well lately. Um, I still was of the belief that as they turned back toward Ohio and reorganized their recruiting priorities to where they should have been and where they had the greatest chance to succeed, they, this has only been about two years of this, of reorganizing. Because the five-man class that all vanished, there's only one Ohio kid in there. Mm-hmm. That was sort of like the last straw of doing it that way. Okay, And that clearly didn't work. But then they turned inward and... Micah Potter and Derek Funderburk and Caleb, Caleb Wesson and Andre Wesson and now the two kids they have committed for 18. This was the new reality. So I remained of the belief that I know Thad Mata has health issues. I know that he sort of has this hang, hanging over his head. But I thought that if they had said, this is our guy, we've reevaluated how we do business, we're going to keep the best players in Ohio in Ohio, that they – freshened up their social media campaign, which Bill wrote about recently. They changed some ways of doing things. I certainly did not think it was impossible for Thad Mata to get Ohio State back to being a very good program again. And I thought he deserved at least another year to try to do it. I don't think they were in an absolute guaranteed death spiral. So it's like we're talking about perception becomes reality. Listen, man, they missed the tournament two years. People missed the tournament all the freaking time. So on some level, acting like this program was dead and there was nothing they could do is a cop-out because 
this is the thing I'm now reminding myself again, the entitled thing. Ohio State can win at basketball, and Ohio State should win at basketball, and I wrote this in the thing I wrote today. They are not entitled to win at basketball. This is not a place where, oh my God, we missed the tournament for two years. This is a travesty. How can we handle this? You are not Duke. Thad Mata won five Big Ten titles, five regular season Big Ten titles in 13 years. They had won five in the previous 33 years, and two of those were vacated because of Jim O'Brien's NCAA problems. You are not Kentucky. You are not Kansas. You can live with this. You are not entitled to five straight Sweet 16s. You are not entitled, as an Ohio State basketball fan, to compete for the Final Four every year. And I, so it was not impossible for to me to let this play out for another year or two and see if the new recruiting strategy could get this turned around. Because again, he did not get fired for going 17 and 15. He got fired for not recruiting in the midst of changing the recruiting strategy. And if Darius Baisley hadn't decommitted, he might still be the coach. So now we're down to one really good Ohio player has led to the firing of the Ohio State basketball coach. It wasn't, That's where we are? It wasn't just that he decommitted. It's that he decommitted and went on the record with Jardy. Jardy, Adam Jardy the dispatch is saying, they're not good enough. They're not good enough and I don't see them getting any better. And it's one kid, and he's a kid. He's the best player in Ohio. And he said that publicly about what should be the flagship program of the state. I think his words might have carried a lot of weight. As crazy as that sounds, he's a child in high school. I think what he said might have carried a lot of weight. So you're going with Jardy got modified or fired? Yep. Please send all your complaints to Adam Jardy. Yeah. No, Darius Baisley got him fired. Does that make sense? Don't shoot make sense? the messenger, though. I'm just joking, Adam. Uh, Does that make sense? I'm eating iced. No, I mean, you know what, in a vacuum, no, but uh, c- combined with everything else that's happened, a little bit. I think that sentence might also sum up the fear that Gene Smith thought that our program's not good enough. Yeah. He might have said what the fear was. How I, don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Let's spin ahead. It happened. It, it's over. It happened. Who's the next coach? Let's start off hot. Let's start this. We're 32 minutes in. This is usually where we wind up basketball podcasts. <laughs> Because after 30 minutes of basketball, you guys are like, who's the backup safety? Why aren't we talking football? And those same fans want to call Ohio State Duke, by the way. Yeah, and that's the biggest, that's the biggest, not to go on a separate rant, but that is the biggest thing I don't understand. Ohio State basketball fans, not all of you, the majority of you, pretend like you care, like Duke fans care about Duke, and you expect them to be Duke, but you actually don't care. Right. You only care if in the Sweet 16. There's no support. The support for the Ohio State basketball program is nowhere near the Ohio State football program and nowhere near any of those other programs that Doug said you weren't. So I find it strange that the vast majority of Ohio State fans, and rightfully so, love the football team more than the basketball team, but you can't have both. Well, I, I, I'm, we don't want to say there's no support. I mean, the arena gets empty when they lose, and a lot of that's on the arena. Their place stinks. The worst. And it shows up when they're not winning. Listen, when you got Greg Oden and D'Angelo Russell and Evan Turner doing crazy stuff on the court, you would show up in an igloo and watch that game. But when the team is struggling, the building can help you. When the team is struggling, you still maybe want to go to Chrysler and watch Michigan State. No, that's Michigan. Michigan. Breslin. You still want to go to the Breslin Center and watch Michigan State. You still want to go to Mackey Arena and watch Purdue because it's cool. Because it's fun to be there even when the team's not great. It is not fun to be at the Schottenstein Center when Ohio State is losing because it's a terrible college basketball building with no personality. And that has nothing to do with the coach. And that's actually a thing for a coach to overcome here. Like yeah. that is The building works against you. And I don't know what they can – I mean, they have enough money they could – they could buy the moon. I mean, they can just tear the place down and build it. They're building five other new buildings for every other team. Yeah. Not, I mean, you have to keep the Schottenstein Center for the motorcycle rallies and the Ariana Grande concerts. But build a basketball arena. Build a basketball arena for a basketball team the two con- that doesn't have to also be able to house the Jonas Brothers. What Jonas are the Brothers two from like 19, 2008. That's my <laughs> what are the two constants of Ohio State at Ohio State? Did you read my column? Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> Football and construction. <laughs> All right. All right. We're going to hot take the bejesus out of this one right out of the gate, and then we'll discuss it better. Okay, I'll start. We're hot taking it. Who will be? This is slapping your money down in Vegas. Who's the next Ohio State basketball? Are we going to do reality or are we going to mock all the people that – You're betting. This is your betting slip. You are putting your money take, at the window. Can we just take 30 seconds to mock the lists no, we'll that are on the, the internet? List. Hot okay. take your – make your pick. Who's the next coach? Who you got? You said you wanted to go first. I don't know. I wanted to mock first. I don't want to answer first. All right. We'll make Landis go first. He's, oh, he's man. the basketball guy. I think if I have to bet on it, the two names I would go to are Chris no, – uh, I don't have two names. Why? I'm, you're walking okay, up to your fine. window Chris $20. Chris Mack. Chris Xavier. Mack, the Xavier coach. I, this would be like a little bit crazy to just go uh, get the go, Xavier go get, coach. Go get the Xavier coach. Oh, yeah, the, yeah. That, that's the safest. If I was going to put my money down, and it's it's hard when you, you know, we're financially invested <laughs> yeah, in this, and I just yeah. think that that one makes the most sense. They've had, Xavier's had very good recent success. Mm-hmm. He recruits Ohio. Mm-hmm. Um and the Midwest. Well. And the Midwest, well. They've had success. The golden era of Ohio State basketball came from hiring a person that was successful at that university. If he's willing to come, it just makes the most sense. I'm not going to just pull Jay Wright out of my butt and say, that's the guy. Right. Like yeah. half the people on the internet. Like, I mean, sure, you know, yeah. Steve Kerr would be great too if they wanted <laughs> to. But like, it's just not the way the world works. So, But in-state, successful, major program, basketball first program too, mm-hmm. I might add. Um, that makes the most sense. I've got no idea whether or not Chris Mack has any interest in doing that or not, though. It's crazy to me that the two most logical candidates, and maybe this is your second yeah. name before I started yelling, <laughs> the two most logical candidates are from the two places that Thad Botta coached before he came to Ohio State. So who's the other guy? Chris Holtman, Butler head coach. Who's like very similar. A smaller program, basketball first school. Continued Brad Stevens' success, took him to three straight NCAA tournaments, has recruited well, actually beat Ohio State in this recruiting cycle for a kid from Ohio that Ohio State desperately wanted, Kyle Young from Maslin, who's playing at Butler next year. Um, so he can recruit Ohio, and he's on the up. He's like, there's two Thad Mata lights out there. One's a Butler and one's a Xavier. What if they get the Butler coach and the kid transfers to Ohio State? <laughs> I mean, maybe. I don't know. He couldn't play next year. But. I mean, that's how Scooney Penn wound up at Ohio State because yeah. he played for Jim O'Brien at Boston College and then transferred I mean, personally, college. though, if I was going to, like, guess, Mike Brown. <laughs> I thought about saying that. We were, like, <laughs> talking about, we were, like, throwing out crazy names. Like, Mike Brown would be a good one. Bill Landis, we're sitting at McDonald's in our second office, and Bill Landis says, how old's Bobby Knight? <laughs> and the other, so our two most outrageous candidates are Bob Knight and LeBron James retiring from the Cavs to become Ohio State's head coach, to prepare himself to coach his son. All Gene Smith State. would have to do is, um, listen, listen here, Bobby. You get Indiana twice a year, you do it yeah. to anyone. <laughs> so I don't know who it's going to be, but I'm going to say this is just a guy that is uh, uh, it's just a wild hair that I have. Um, but as I was talking with Bill about this when we were throwing out names. Oh, Bobby Knight's not as old as I thought he was. What, is he 70? 76. I thought he was in his 80s. 76 is pretty old for a basketball coach. I'll bring him in for a couple years. Um, the last time when Ohio State had a coaching search last time that led to Thad Mata, one of the guys they looked at long and hard was the Vanderbilt coach, who then was Kevin Stallings. Um, and now is Bryce Drew. Uh, Bryce Drew uh, is from Indiana, played high school basketball in Valparaiso, Indiana, which is where I happened to work my first job out of college, and I was working there when he hit the shot in 1998. To send Valpo to the Sweet 16. Um, coached at Valpo. He's only been at Vanderbilt one year, I think, right? Mm-hmm. But took Vanderbilt to the tournament mm-hmm. in his first year. Uh, we looked him up. He's 42, mm-hmm. which is maybe a little older than we thought. But I think um, as you're considering this, there's there's two ways to go here. One is a guy that you shoot so high, you almost think, I don't know if, if that guy would take this job. But he does, and that's kind of the shooting at the Billy Donovan, who's with the Thunder, Sean Miller at Arizona, those kind of names. We're not going to say Brad Stevens, who you can go read my story online, who Thad Mata got him into the coaching business. He was a volunteer assistant at Butler um, when Thad Mata was the coach at Butler, and then when <laughs> Thad Mata left, 
Butler after a year to go to Xavier. That created the opening that led to Brad Stevens getting an actual assistant coaching job. Thad Mott is very instrumental in Brad Stevens being the head coach of the Boston Celtics today. He is not leaving the Boston Celtics to come to Ohio State, even though I think he topped the wish list of fans when he was at Butler. Um, So it's not Brad Stevens. But I do think – I was mentioning this to these guys earlier – this is a huge hire for Gene Smith. He inherited Jim Tressel and Thad Mata. He did not hire them. Both those guys were handled, hired by Andy Geiger. And Urban Meyer fell from the sky, gift-wrapped from above, as the miracle solution to the dark cloud of Ohio State football. And you got to give Gene Smith a little credit for getting the Urban Meyer thing pulled off, but anybody in America in who was the athletic director then could have seen Urban Meyer being available and said, he's my first choice, okay? So this is Gene Smith's first Really huge hire where he makes the decision to fire a big-time coach, and now we'll get to make the decision on the big-time coach to hire. The reference that I want to mention is when he fired Jim Foster, the women's basketball coach, who really had a somewhat similar resume to Thad Mata. He won the Big Ten all the time, didn't do nearly as well in the NCAA tournament as Thad Mata did. So that's a difference there. They always underachieved in the NCAA tournament. Uh, and when they fired Jim Foster a couple years ago, Gene Smith went after Don Staley, who was is was then and remains now the head coach at South Carolina, and is probably the second best. Eh, Muffet McGraw is pretty good. She's one of the top five coaches in women's college basketball. Gino Aram is on the top, and then there's a group of people. She's certainly in that group. South Carolina is an excellent. Mm-hmm. They just won a national championship. They did. She's an excellent college basketball coach, and that's who Ohio State tried to get. And she's from Philly. They tried to get, like, basically the best person out there. And I can't remember if they called Gino. They might have called Gino. But Gino was a Jim Foster disciple. Jim Foster helped Gino Ariama get his career started, so that was a little awkward when they fired Jim Foster. Anyway, (laughs) I think that is information that should inform your opinion of how Ohio State is going to go about this and what Ohio State thinks of itself. Ohio State thinks it's as good as anybody in everything. Yeah. So they are not going to hire the Sam Houston State coach, who is a hot riser in the this business. Is, they are not going to hire a guy who just got fired, anybody who thinks they're going to hire Tom Crean. They are going to hire a successful coach currently in a either excellent job or really good job, This is, and they're going to persuade him to come. A very good transition to, I think, a topic that we should discuss. Oh, First, so I think it's going to be Bryce Drew. Bryce Drew. That's um, my official. Just so you guys yes. know, I almost said uh, Greg Schiano because I thought that would be He's funny. underpaid. He's so, underpaid, yeah. so he could... Double up. Yeah. He's a college coach. He's built a program. He recruits the East Coast well. He recruits well. He used to do it like in 1911. <laughs> He's been a pro. <laughs> yeah. He's actually the perfect resume. <laughs> okay, so b- piggybacking off what you just said, think of the best or as good as anybody in the country will go and try to lure people who are in other excellent positions, hot shot recruit or, uh, coaches around the country. This is something that I've wanted to talk about and something that I've thought about a lot. As you all might know, I went to the University of Arizona. Will Ohio State try for Sean Miller, another person, in Thad's coaching tree, and in your mind, do you think Ohio State has an argument for being a better program or a better job than the University of Arizona's basketball program? I definitely think they'll try for him because they should. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if Ohio State's a better job. It's weird because, like, in its current state, of course not. Arizona has McDonald's All-Americans, but the reason it has McDonald's All-Americans is because Sean Miller recruited them there. But even before he was, like, Lute Olson, like, there's, I think there's it's a more, basket, having gone there, it right. is a basketball school. Right. And Ohio State is not. So Arizona is probably a better job. You're the number one. Arizona has major Division One football. People care about basketball more than they care about football at Arizona. Not even close. It's, it's like Ohio State football to basketball here. Right. Um, so I don't think that Ohio State is a better job, just sort of at its base level. But Sean Miller's been in Arizona a long time and has had a hard time. We were talking about this too at McDonald's, Doug and I. He's had a hard time getting sort of that program. He hasn't gone over, over the, the hump. He hasn't gotten to the Final Four. He's won some Pac-12 titles, but has sort of always been stopped at the Elite Eight. And people would think, would tell you that he's underperformed there. I think that if and they get can you do that? knocked out again in the Sweet 16 or the Elite Eight again, I think he's right on the cusp of people losing patience with him. Which makes it interesting because depending 
on what you think, maybe being in a situation where basketball is second fiddle is better for job security. Somebody might like that. I do think, don't, Arizona's only ever won one national championship, though, right? 97. Right, and Ohio State has one national championship. It was 1960? 60. Yeah, 1960. So, I mean, some people will probably tell you that there might be even. Arizona and Ohio State. Uh, just an interesting situation because Sean Miller would be viewed, I think, generally as a slam dunk. He has Ohio roots. He could be getting... He's from the, Pittsburgh. He's from Pittsburgh, yeah. But he clearly he's coached, coached in Ohio. Yeah. As well. he's yeah. Bit, yeah, I mean, he's from this area. He, he, I know what you're saying. He There's was, people in his family and people he's close to that have found success in this state. Here's the thing, though. And I always wonder about things like this. So I'm going to squeeze in here that, by the way... Losing out on Archie Miller, you did not lose out on John Wooden. Like, people are going to be freaking out. They could have had Archie Miller. Archie Miller went to Indiana if they had fired Thad Mata at the end of the season. They could have had Archie Miller. I'm sure Archie Miller will be fine. Good golly, Miss Molly. People are obsessed with him. It's like they missed out on the greatest coach in basketball history. You will survive. And would he have chosen Ohio State over Indiana? I think he would have. I think he would have. I think people think that this would maybe. I mean, yeah. Because he's in Indiana. So, like Indiana's a better job, but I think he loves Ohio State. So, so here's my question on Sean Miller. I think it's a very reasonable thing. I don't think like again like Brad Stevens is crazy talk. I don't think Sean Miller's crazy talk. No. Because the question that Sean Miller has to ask himself is, do I want to be the head coach at Arizona for the rest of my life? And if the answer is yes, and like I think the answer was yes for Thad Mata at Ohio State. It's like I'm not – Thad Mata was rumored for the Kentucky job, rumored for the Indiana job. People wondered about you know when he was flying high what he might do, and he didn't bite, right? So I think Thad Mata would have been happy to retire here. If Sean Miller thinks he's happy to retire in Arizona, then you ride it out, right? If you think maybe – I don't want to be the head coach at Arizona for the rest of my life. What better job are you going to have a chance to get than Ohio State? You waiting on Duke? You waiting for Bill Self to leave and you're going to Kansas? Like I don't like this is your shot. If the thing you're talking about, Ari, that maybe you see the posse's coming, you've had a lot of success, but you haven't gotten over the hump, you're not going to find it's a, a better chance to get out than an Ohio State offer. But here's two things. Number one, your brother being at Indiana, and now you get to coach head-to-head in the Big Ten – does that make you want to come or not want to come? Because you're going to recruit against your brother. You're going to play your brother all the time. You're going to only one Miller can win a conference title each year. Then, mm-hmm. how does that factor in? And the second thing is, we heard Gene Smith say and Thad Mata agree that Thad Mata is going to be part of the search in a way that he's going to advise Ohio State a little bit on this. Sean Miller was Thad Mata's lead assistant at Xavier, had the chance to come to Ohio State with Thad Mata, but obviously stayed at Xavier to replace Thad Mata. When your friend, they talk, they've played in the tournament. They played in the tournament when he was at Xavier. They played the tournament when he was at Arizona. We've had lots of chances to talk to Sean Miller and Thad Mott about each other. They are still very close. They talk to each other a lot. When your friend gets canned, do you want to come to the school that just canned him? How does that, does that somehow increase the chances that Sean Miller would come to Ohio State? Because Thad Mata maybe would say, listen, man, it's a great job. As far as bosses go, even though Gene fired me, he's a pretty good boss. Does that increase it or does it decrease it? Because I'm not going where my friend just got whacked. The heck with that. How does how does the Archie factor and the Thad factor factor a, into Sean? There's Miller? a lot of things that go into this, and I think you'd have to be in Sean Miller's head to answer those questions. I think that the the Archie thing is interesting, and I didn't think of that, but. I think that because probably in the end it's probably maybe not that much of an issue. The fad stuff, like this is a bizarre, like this is like as amicable as a firing could possibly be. It was so bizarre. It wasn't like Gene Smith came out and said like Thad's not good enough. We canned him, and it was just Gene, and that was it. And like he talked down on Thad for an hour in a, in a press conference where he got fired. Like it's, it's it was presented as a mutually agreed upon decision, like, even if it wasn't. And because of that, I don't think that the Thad friendship factor would be much of a consideration for Sean Miller, especially because I think Thad would encourage Sean to take the job. And it's also like one of those things that it struck me as like a breakup that was started in a relationship breakup where your girlfriend brings up, hey, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. And at first you probably didn't want to do it. You wanted to keep trying. But as you kept talking to your girlfriend, you Mm -hmm. warmed up to the idea that maybe they were onto something. That's kind of what it felt like to me. And 
if Thad Mata is going to be a part of the search and be advisor, like he said he was, and he and they meant that, I think that would be a bonus in their pursuit of the guy, of Sean Miller. Because who better to vouch for the person? Right. And, you know, and to me, Ohio State's going to pay the money that they need to pay to get their guy, I think. To an it, extent. It would give Sean Miller five years minimum to get off the hot seat that could get hot next year. And it might give him a change of scenery and put him in a situation where he can be a good coach in a place where there might not be as much pressure as there is at Arizona. And if these are the things that he's looking for, and I'm speculating because I don't know what he's looking for, there's a lot of attractive selling points in this potential situation for Miller if that's something he'd want to do. I think the the money thing is an interesting thing to talk about because people might assume that Sean Miller makes maybe five or six. He made $3 million a year. Which is roughly about what Thad Mata made. It's actually a little less. So they wouldn't have to necessarily break the bank to bring a guy like him in. And I think the number to keep in mind when you're talking about hiring a baseball or baseball, geez, basketball coach is $6 because that's how much Urban Meyer makes. And the basketball coach ain't making more than Urban Meyer. That's correct. Unless they hire a basketball coach for $6 million and give Urban like $10 million. Yeah. <laughs> um, the only thing I want to know, and I don't know if you guys probably have more experience with this, Keep in mind that they do have to pay Thad three more years. They do. Yep. So I don't know how that's definitely going to account into how much they might be willing to pay. So they're going to pay Thad, most likely going to have to pay the buyout of the coach they hire and then pay the coach they hire. Right. A lot of money. They also have money coming out of their ears. That's true. Um, Thanks, Okay. So I want to – what was the thing I was just going to say? Because I want to double back. I want to give like some quick – just thoughts on Thad Mata, the person, before we get out of here, because all three of us have have been the like the a basketball beat writer for Ohio State. I've been around um, Thad Mata a lot during his time here. Again, I was here. I started. I was around for twelve of his thirteen seasons here at Ohio State. Um, I can't remember. I thought I had another thing to say. All right, so we'll just talk about that. It'll come back like, to you. It always like, does. What did you? Just, just let the people know sort of what this guy is like, your experiences, just being in press conferences with him, how you thought he related to the players, how the players related to him. Let's just do a little minute or two each on, on Thad Mata um, as, as we bid farewell to him. Do you want me to go first since I spent the least amount of time around them? Sure. Okay. So I think this, this coming season will be my third, right, covering him full time because I took, and took it over from Ari. Um so I don't know him as well as you guys know him. But, I mean, everyone I talked to about him loved him. And it was pretty easy to see why. He was just like a very he was like a very friendly dude, you know. Even last year when, you know, he got asked some tough questions, especially toward the end of the season. Um, and I was one of the people asking the tough questions. And I always got kind of the vibe, like you knew when I grabbed the microphone, like, oh, here we go. Like, he's going to ask me something I don't really like answering. But he answered it. And I always respected that about him, that even in like the, the – Really tough go he had the last two years. Even if he wasn't thrilled to be talking about how bad it was going, he was still willing to go there. Um, outside of that, I didn't have much experience with him because I've only been covering the team for two years. But um, I will remember that, I guess, and I did respect that about him. We're going in chronological order, so mm-hmm. I'm next. Here's what I think of Thad. And I wasn't that close to him, um, but as an Ohio State football fan, you can appreciate that Urban Meyer – is a mega personality, and there's almost a, like, aura around him, you know, that makes him seem like he's not a real person. Mm-hmm. And even when you're in press conferences, and every, every single time we ask him questions, he answers the questions, he's fine, he gets up and he goes um, out of the room, and then he goes back to being whatever Urban Meyer does behind the scenes all the time. And the one, and that's not a, nothing against Urban Meyer, but the one thing I will say that I thought was cool about Thad was that when you were with him, asking him questions on the road with him um, in these arenas, when sometimes Cleveland.com was one of two or three Ohio State reporters at these away games and the dead of winter at Indiana, um, he always was just a real human. Like if you ever bumped into him or talked to him or said anything to him, it would be no different than just talking to the guy who works at Chase Bank in the grocery store. He could relate to you. His life is incredibly different than my life, but when you're talking to him, you have common ground, 
And I always appreciate when you're a public figure making as much money as you're making and are as big of a deal as you are to your current profession but can still see people eye to eye and, and kind of make them feel like, hey, we're in this together. Not, you know, like we're in the same boat type of a thing, not about in it with basketball. That was mis, mis said, but I always admired the fact that you could just talk to them and just be like, we're both humans, you know? Yeah. And it's not that Urban Meyer doesn't do that, but the access to Urban is so much uh, fewer and far between, and there's more people there. And it was just more of an intimate man to man, let's talk about this sort of thing with that. And when you had something you wanted to ask him, you could walk out of the room and. And, you know, say, hey, how about this? And he'd look at you and, and just give you the, the, the straight answer. And I always appreciated how approachable and how human he was. Um, yeah, so like, so for the first, I mean, I don't even know how many years. I mean, I, I was the basketball beat writer for the Plain Dealer. I mean, I covered both. It was just me doing Ohio State from 05 until 05 through 2012. Right, you, you and Zach started in thirteen. Thirteen, season, right? I think thirteen might have been my first year covering yeah. basketball. Yeah. So that was a long time, and I and that was you know we don't travel as much with basketball now, but that back then I I made like ninety percent of the road trips. I mean I went to Florida um, the year that they went to the national championship game against Florida. They played at Florida like on December twenty third. Um, I was down there for that game. I fell asleep in my car in the hotel and slept through my flight. Because I didn't want to pay for a hotel, so I just parked the car in the parking lot of a hotel. It's the biggest thing in the world. Because I didn't want to charge the company. Because I was only going to get like three hours sleep anyway. And I was like, well, that's not worth it to pay for a bed. So I thought, I'll just take a quick nap in the car. And I woke up in my car after my flight had already taken off. And then ended up having to pay more to change your flight or do the thing you had to do than it would have been for the hotel. That's the duggest thing in the world. My wife and my baby (laughs) were at my parents' house for Christmas waiting for me to get there. And I was like, oh, I want to spend nine bucks for a hotel. Anyway... Um, I went to Kansas when they played at Kansas. I went to Duke when they played at Duke. Um, I've been around this team for a long time, and I'll just, it's my my thing is basically what you guys said. Of the people I've covered at Ohio State, he's the most. Thad Mata was the most normal guy. He was the most normal guy that would give you a wisecrack. That would, um, when you were just sort of talking with him, he would talk to you like a regular person. Um. I remain astounded by the fact that I'm always interested. Like, I feel like other, for as successful as he was, if you asked basketball fans around the country, if you asked Ohio State fans, what's your impression of John Calipari? What's your impression of Mike Krzyzewski? What's your impression of Jim Beheim or Tom Izzo or um, Richard Pitino or, you know, Matt Painter? I would feel like you would have a decent answer, right? Like, college basketball fans. I still feel like to this day, this guy just finished a 13-year career at Ohio State. I feel like if you ask the average college basketball fan around the country that doesn't follow Ohio State, they wouldn't know a thing about him. Today when I had a friend, I was texting in the morning, and then this news came and I said, hey, I'm going to the Stad Mount Mata press conference. He said, who's that? I mean, the guy, he's the best coach in Ohio State history. He has the highest winning percentage in the history of the Big Ten for any coach who coached for at least 10 years in the Big Ten. Higher than Bo Ryan, higher than Tom Izzo, higher than Bob Knight. And I said, I wrote in my column, that is, you will win bets with that in years to come. Because he was, he built a program and remained in the background of his own program. And that's the last point I want to get to. So I really liked him as a person, and I thought he was really good with his players. Um, I thought he did not like his teams the last couple years noticeably to me. That's not what he told me. That's what I felt from him. Seeing the way that he interacted and talked about the teams that had Mike Conley and Greg Oden, that had Evan Turner and John Diebler and William Buford and David Lighty and Aaron Kraft and Sean Thomas and Lenzel Smith – the way he talked about D'Angelo Russell, all those guys, the way he related to them and talked about them and coached them, he did not portray that same feeling the past two or three years with the senior class that sort of faded out with Shannon Scott and Sam Thompson and Amir Williams, that group, with the recruiting class that exploded with all five guys leaving. It just wasn't the same. And I don't know... If it was his health, I don't know if it was the players he brought in. I felt like something did change, and I don't think Thad Mata liked coming to work as much as he liked coming to work in the first 10 years he was here. Um, 
But here's the last thing, and I think this relates looking back at FADMATA and looking ahead. I always thought that there were some advantages to being the second program at Ohio State, that you never were going to be more popular than the football team, right? I thought also that FAD's personality fit that. I never got the impression that FADMATA cared, that Jim Tressel and Urban Meyer were more famous than him, were more popular than him, that his team got more attention. If we were all covering football and there weren't many guys at the basketball news conference, even though they were coming off a of Sweet 16, I never felt like he was offended by playing second fiddle. Do you guys agree with that? Yeah, no, I think he enjoyed that. Yeah, I think that he might have even, yeah, like even enjoyed said, it. Yeah. That he maybe wouldn't have wanted to be the coach at Indiana or Kentucky because all of a sudden everybody's up in your business, okay? But the, the other part of that then was to me it's like, okay, you're not in the spotlight as much when you're winning. But then when you're losing, maybe people aren't going to freak out as much, right? But guess what happened? He lost and people freaked out. I felt like in the end, when he was winning at the highest level, he did not get the attention as a number one program. But when he never had a losing record here, when they fell off, they got attention like a number one program for failing. And that, to me, makes this job a little less, a little less appealing than maybe I thought it was because you didn't get the credit, but in the end, you almost got all of the crap. And I'm patenting that. I statement. always thought that that was weird. I thought people you freaked maybe out a heck chance of- to slide. Let him, doesn't he get a little slack? He didn't get any slack. What was crazy is like we were just talking about like. Wouldn't it be great for Sean Miller to come here and maybe not feel the pressure of being the Arizona basketball coach and being the guy that has all attention? But I agree with you, and I'm happy you said it. He did not get – the benefit of that would be if you're bad, you get to kind of be bad under the radar for a few years, and that did, that certainly did not happen. In fact, hit fire fad stuff probably started happening before it should have happened. Certainly I think it was like the exact ago. opposite yes. of what should have happened. It should have happened now and not two years ago. Because, and as we've talked about before, it turns out that you don't get the credit that football gets when you're good, but when you lose, you get compared to football. Mm-hmm. And and whether it's consciously or subconsciously, people are sitting here saying, well, you're no Urban Meyer. And it's like, there are no Urban <laughs> Meyers. You know who's Urban Meyer in college basketball? John Calipari and Mike Krzyzewski, and they're not coming here. So that, to me, it's a little... I it's a warning, and here's the other thing of why I did not think he deserved to be fired, and why I wrote all this season that like, if you thought he should have been fired last season, you were absolutely nuts. And when you started talking about it this season, I still thought it was too early because I didn't think Ohio State wanted to be that kind of place where it's like, oh, whoa, 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 hey, the best coach in program history has missed two straight tournaments. You're out. I didn't think he wanted to be that place. And even though Gene said he got fired for the, for the recruiting and it's the offseason and it didn't happen right at the end of the year, in the end, I mean, when we look back at this, it's going to be that Thad Mata made in his first 11 years, his first year they were banned, not for his fault. So the next 10 years, they made the tournament nine out of 10 times. And then his last two years, he didn't make it and he got whacked. And that's who Ohio State is now. And if you're that in football, Earl Bruce went 9-3 and three every year and got fired because 9-3 and three in football is not good enough. That makes sense because that's football, right? That's football at Ohio State. Here's the reality of Ohio State basketball. If you miss the tournament two years in a row, you might get fired. And that's the reality that Gene Smith created today. And that's the reality that the next coach is stepping into. You're not Duke, you're not Kentucky, you're not Kansas. But if you miss the tournament two years in a row, you might get fired. Sean Miller's not coming. <laughs> I don't think I agree with that. Say why? He lost seven players in two years. He lost an entire recruiting class. He had health issues that are no fault of his own, but we're also not going to get any better, and we're going to be used against him for perpetuity in recruiting. I think there's a lot of unique circumstances surrounding this that led to his firing. I think there's much more than you didn't make the tournament two years in a row that led to his firing. Um, 
So I don't like. I think what you're saying is valid, and I think Ohio State's vision of, of itself as a basketball program has changed a little bit now because of this. But I also don't think that that is something that the fact that he didn't make two tournaments in a row and lost his job should not be something that causes trepidation for anyone when they come get this job. If you take a look at the entire picture, I think there's a lot of things that happened over the last two years. In addition to missing the tournament two times in two years that uh, made this a justifiable firing. Um, I think it's a little early. I think it's early, but point taken. I'm still eating ice. <laughs> the thing point that taken. I wanted to say is, but I was yelling there at the end. I was pointing at I the know, computer. I, know. I almost dropped the mic, <laughs> and then you decided to refute me. We are recording this valid points. podcast at 9.20 p.m. I was pointing at the computer. And Doug and I and Bill were at McDonald's around 3.30 p.m. Why is that ice not melted yet? It's driving me crazy. How much ice did you put in there? Yeah. I don't understand it. Like, I was going to ask you about it an hour ago. The best And you're still chewing on it. Is that foam cup the reason? Yeah. This is amazing. He's had ice for five... What? This is like eight, this is like six hours six worth hours. of ice. It's unbelievable. I've been listening to him chew on it for uh, my head's about to explode. I'm, also, fake ad white cheddar popcorn, really good stuff. I like ice. Do you guys like to eat? You eat ice. You're I an eat ice. ice yeah, yeah. I'm a big no, I don't. Ice guy. Yeah. No, you're not. But you're from Phoenix. You don't eat ice. That has nothing to do with it. All right. <laughs> so listen, we're gonna do a football podcast that'll be out um, like the day after you're listening to this. So come back and listen to that for Buckeye Talk. Um, but we're going to do some more basketball because Bill Landis is going to dive into a coaching search and not come up for air until there's a new coach at Ohio State. Mm-hmm. So we will update you in podcast form as Bill continues to write about this for the next month. I mean, I, I can't imagine it's going to go more than a month. The last, I think it's going to happen quickly. Thad took about a month, but I think they've got to have an idea and they've got and to And it move is possible that it happened right now because they might have somebody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's... Whatever. Due diligence. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's these guys don't operate in the dark. Gene Smith has a has a drawer with names on it. Um, so we'll keep you updated on the basketball situation. We'll keep doing our football podcasts as we move into the summer. Um, but that was uh, that was the end of the Thad Mata era. So for Ari Wasserman and Bill Landis, you can follow us on Twitter at Ari Wasserman, at Bill Landis 25. I'm Doug Lee Maurice. You can find me at Doug Lee Maurice. Subscribe on iTunes, basketball, football, all that stuff you want. Um, Buckeye Talk, go subscribe. Subscribe on Stitcher. Uh, follow us on SoundCloud. You can go there to that website. You can find us. Or you can always find us at cleveland.com slash OSUR podcast and stories. So we appreciate you guys listening to um, this last podcast about Thad Bata. Thanks to Thad Bata for his help to all of us over the years as we covered the Buckeyes. And that was Buckeye Talk. <laughs>